Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. 2-1 Flames leading the Canadians, 5-15 left in the third. The Jets lead the Devils 3-2 late in the second period. Also, Boston up 5-2 on Buffalo late in the third. Pittsburgh wins 5-3 in Columbus. Capitals up 1-0 on the Golden Knights with five minutes left. Second period, Nashville 2, Anaheim nothing. Dallas with a 2-1 edge on Arizona. Late second period, Blues 3, Lightning nothing. Jets lead the, I said that one already, and the uh, Panthers and the Sharks are at 8.30. Jets lead the Sharks 3-2. I guess I can say it again. And in the uh, American Hockey League, 2-0, Calgary leading Bakersfield. Uh, Jack Campbell in goal once again for the Condors. Four minutes left in the first period. He has allowed two goals on 11 shots. Oilers and Kraken tomorrow at Rogers Place. Oilers now at 3.30. Face-off show at 5. Game at 6.30 as the Oilers will try to win three in a row. Finally have won two in a row and finally got a win at Rogers Place last night against the Islanders. 780-496-0063. Kellen, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot more texts coming in, so we'll go to Brandon from Windsor on the text line. He oh. says that he's going way back here, he's, that the Oilers should have never let McClellan go. Goaltending failed, and he was made to scapegoat in that situation. That's Brandon from Windsor. Uh, I always have believed, even when he was with San Jose, that Todd McClellan is a very good coach. I thought he was a very good coach here, and he's clearly done great work with the Kings as well. Mm-hmm. Joe texts in and says, why... Why do we, ha- or why have we still not fired the goaltending coach? He has a record of ruining goaltenders. That's from Joe. Uh, well, again, Dustin Schwartz has been a goalie for a long time. I do think it's fair to criticize him. I do not think he has ruined every goaltender that he has coached. I think there are some goaltenders that have come in uh, not that talented, and they have perhaps remained not that talented. Um. But yeah, fair. I mean, fair, fair comment. There's again, whenever somebody brings up Dustin Schwartz, there have also been some goalies who have had some very good years under him, including Stuart Skinner last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clem texts in and says, apparently that actual coach Reed could very well not exist anywhere because when our oil isn't necessarily doing well. Uh, the ownership mentality seems to gravitate towards changing the coaching st- staff and that being able to fix e- everything. That's an entire BS way of continuing, uh, continually trying to change our team's record in a sudden instant gratification power way. That's from Clem. Well, that's the thing. You often get, uh, what is it called, the uh, dead cat bounce when you change a coach. Um, mm-hmm. Now, again, though, the Oilers should have been better than they were. But, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, there's been the Oilers franchise organization uh, has had some issues. <laughs> They've had fewer issues the last four or five years than they did before that. And having a carousel of coaches has been one of them. I mean, at some point, do you just commit to somebody? Uh, The longest-serving head coach, by the way, is John Cooper, going back to March of 2013. Sullivan has been with the Penguins since December of 2015. Uh, How about this one? I should should have thought of this guy. Jared Bednar has been the coach of the Avalanche since August of 2016. So he's been there quite a while as well. Uh, Everybody else is, well, Brendan Moore is at five years now. In Carolina, Baruby is going to be five years in St. Louis on Saturday. And uh, then McClellan is the sixth longest serving head coach with the Kings since April of 2019. So uh, four years or less 
for, what would that be, 27 of the 32 NHL head coaches. You know what the other team has changed coaches quite a bit is the Vegas Golden Knights, oddly enough. But uh, they've been very good. Mm. Uh, Kaz texting in uh, says that the record was so bad they had to change the coach. I'm keeping an open mind about Knobloch. The thing that bugs me is gifting Paul Coffey a job. He has no high-level coaching experience and was not good defensively. What is he really going to teach a guy like Matthias Ekholm about defending? That's from Kaz. Well, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair comment, whether it's Paul Coffey or not, to hire somebody as an assistant who has not been on an NHL bench before. And, and I've already got the uh, old boys clubs, texts, and emails about Paul Coffey. I, I guess I got to keep an open mind about Paul Coffey as well. That one surprised me more than Knobloch being hired, though, on Sunday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Evan texts in and says, probably an unpopular opinion, but Woodcroft never clicked with me. Came across as a bit of a know-it-all. Can already tell Knobloch is a more humble man. That's from Evan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's everybody's personal reaction to what they uh, hear from somebody, whether they like the message or how the message is delivered. Uh, I know uh, Rob and I got a couple calls after games earlier in the season from people who said they were, were sick of listening to Woodcroft after games. My experience if you is if, if from, from being a talk show host and a, and a sports fan myself is that if you are hearing from the coach of your favorite team and that team has lost, you are probably not going to be happy with what he is saying regardless. Uh, what did that person say? They thought Woodcroft was arrogant? Uh, came across as a bit of a know-it-all. Oh, came across as a bit of a know-it-all. Uh, I think Jay was confident in his, in his knowledge. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd call him a, a know-it-all, but I also think to be an NHL head coach, you've you got to be an alpha male and you got to be pretty sturdy in your beliefs. Mm. An alpha personality, not just an alpha male. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, We got Corey with a K texting in. That's what his tagline says. Uh, He asks, did the schedule dictate the coaching change, or was this just purely on a a performance uh, standard? Uh, I think it was performance, because I think if it was the schedule, they would have done it after these two home games and given Knobloch a practice on Friday before a game. Okay. I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm understanding the question. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the the exact answer there for, uh, for that one. Uh, Laserface Larry texts in and says the days of the Oilers hiring established coaches like Todd McClellan and Dave Tippett are gone. This is such a coach's graveyard. They will only be able to hire first timers like Woody and Knobloch. I thought the organization was past this level of dysfunction. Here comes another decade of darkness. That's from Laserface Larry. Bring La- some pessimism. Laserface Larry uh, has become infamous for his pessimism on inside sports um okay we'll see i guess Uh, like here's the thing everybody i I realize some of you will call or text in and say like read this is going to happen and it's the worst thing that's ever going to happen and then if i don't agree with you then you get mad at me about it but i'm just like okay if that's your prediction that's your prediction we'll see once we find out, call back and let me know how your prediction went. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue or support every possible prediction you can make. Got Brian texting in saying that he's predicting the Oilers are going to go on a nice uh, six or seven game run here and get some points. That's all he says, but he's predicting some success. In the well, show. they need it. I mean, look, they weren't going to go at a two nine and one pace the entire season. I, I still say getting back into the playoff race or into a playoff spot is going to be a lengthy process. Uh, I mean, somebody said to me the other day, well, they're they're 
eight points out of a playoff spot, that's a four-game winning streak. Well, no, it isn't because other teams are going to win at the same time. But, I mean, they have to bank a lot of points, and they will not survive another 10, 11, 12-game segment with two or three wins. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Jerry texts again says Jay Woodcroft was fired because he was a coach when McDavid and Dreisaitl both went through the worst slumps of their careers. Bad timing for him. He'll be a good coach elsewhere and probably come back to haunt the Oilers. That's from Jerry. Uh, just like uh, Yamamoto said, uh, told Shirelli that if they didn't draft him, he'd come back to haunt him. Um, I think they're, well, that's what I was talking about, the shooting percentage and some of the offensive production earlier. Like if the Oilers would have had even an average shooting percentage, uh, they would have scored, what, what did I say yesterday, I think nine more goals. And if they would have had an average save percentage, they would have prevented 11 more. But just focusing on the offense, yeah, I mean, a, a few more goals. Now, again, would they, if they had a great record, no, but with better offense, they probably would have had two or three more wins or better finish, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Sandwich text again and says, Hi, Reed. Looks like Skinner has rediscovered the form he had last season. This will stabilize the team more than coaching. The problem will be no one to support Skinner. Campbell appears to be finished as an NHL goalie. Can Pickard be relied to uh, play even one quarter of the games? Not sure he's an NHL goalie either. That's from Sam Sandwich. And I think that is a fair question. No, and I, we got to give Skinner credit. I mean, he took criticism earlier in the season. He has looked better. I'd even say the last three games. And so much of hockey is just sturdy goaltending. Uh, and you're right. I mean, this could be uh, Campbell tonight has allowed two goals on 12 shots in the first period in Calgary. Condors trail the Wranglers 2 nothing. Is Campbell's game going to be back in order that he can be in the NHL again this year? I don't know. I, I certainly was hoping. Uh, and then, yeah, Calvin Pickard has, what does he have, 116 NHL games. So he has games, but he still has mostly been a minor league goaltender. So even if Skinner plays well, you need a guy to spell him off every once in a while. Is Pickard going to be good enough to do that? I think that's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Jeff from Kimberly just texting in saying, hey guys, is Glenn Gullitson still with the team? Yes, Gullitson and uh, and Fraser are still the other two assistants. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was, uh, to recap, like, I, I, I got the news long distance over the weekend. It obviously is Woodcroft, Manson out, Knobloch, Coffee in. That's the, the two changes. Woodcroft, right? Manson out, Knobloch Coffee in. Yes. yes. Did I say Fraser Stewart? Mark Stewart, not Mark, go, Mark Fraser. Stewart. Mark Stewart's the other assistant. Sorry, I had a brain cramp there. Gotcha. Yes, there Gullitson go. and Stewart are still on the staff. Mm-hmm. There we go. And uh, Yeah, do one more if you have a yeah, good one. Yeah, well, we got one more here. I'm just trying to find it because it was all the way down here. There we go. Uh, we've got a long-distance text in from Oklahoma, of all places. At awesome. least that's what my computer says. Uh, what coach in the NHL wouldn't have achieved 604, uh, or 643% with McDavid, Leon, and other career year players like Woodcroft? How would he do in San Jose? Well, sure, the quality of your team. So I guess to that texter, are you saying that the coach had to go because he had those players and now only had three wins in 13 games? Mm-hmm. But yes, of course, the quality of, of the roster and the talent level is always is always going to make a difference. All right, I uh, appreciate those. we got to get a guest on to tell you what's going on with some local football. Tim Anger is going to check in from Football Alberta. <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton.
Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Oilers and Kraken tomorrow on 6.30, Chet, as the Flames have beaten the Canadians 2-1 in Montreal. Uh, we got the Grey Cup coming up this weekend. Uh, we had the Golden Bears and the Hardy Cup on Saturday, just that heartbreaking loss to UBC, and uh, a lot going on for uh, high school and minor football getting into the provincial playoffs. There's always a lot of great teams and usually some classic games at this time of year. Tim Engers, the Executive Director for Football Alberta. Tim, how are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. I uh, can't uh, can't argue with the weather we're getting for this thing too. So we're we're pretty happy about that. Uh, all right, and you're also uh, I, were we having you on as the director or as the results coordinator? Because <laughs> you do well, both. <laughs> <laughs> for for the longest time, I've uh, been we we more we more or less turn our office over to the Alberta Schools Athletic Association for the month of November and uh, work very well with them. Uh, we're the only provincial sport association that really gets involved that much because uh, we recognize high school football is the most important level of the game. And uh, so when I'm working for Football Alberta and the executive director, when I volunteer for the AS2A, it's results coordinator. So okay. Bit of a come down, but <laughs> that's all right. Okay, remind everybody, and me too, because I know you've told me before, but I, I want to brush up here. Uh, the Brian Fryer division, I, I believe that's a relatively new thing. And is it, and is that the teams that say, look, we, we want to play in this division. We think we're that good. We want to be the ultimate team at the end. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what, what what's happened over the years with, with the big schools, the Tier 1 schools, is the, the AS2A, at all their tiers, it's regionally based. So if you're out of this particular zone, you got to play off to be the Tier 2, Tier 3. But with Tier 1s, in, especially in the outlying zones, there's only one uh, team out there that's Tier 1 size, and to throw them to the Wolves to make them play a Harry Ainley or St. Francis and so on and so forth was getting to be a little ridiculous. So... So by saying to the Ainleys and St. Francis's and Raymond's of the world, we'll give you a division where you can go for it. You don't have to play uh, a team that's, you know, 500 in a league full of tier three and four teams uh, in the first round. You can declare that you want to be the best, and this division will be, be, be that. And then it still leaves the Larry Wilson division of tier one, which is for those schools that, uh, that uh, you know, aren't maybe ready for prime time at the Harry Ainley level, but can compete regionally and make sure that the A2A addresses that. All right, so in that Brian Fryer division where the teams declare, you got St. Francis at Raymond and Ainley's going to host Ernest Manning. Were there any other teams going for that title? Yeah, there were uh, there were um, uh, two other teams. Uh, we had six teams declare this year. Okay. Facey from uh, from Sherwood Park was one of them, and they they went down to Ernest Manning last weekend, but not without a fight. They had uh, they were within ten points in the fourth quarter to the Calgary Champs, and uh, you know really are starting to to rebuild. It's been a long time since Facey's been a factor in uh, uh, since the Chuba Hubbard years, and uh, they're starting to do some good things out there, and decided to go for it this year. And, and the other team was Notre Dame from Calgary, which also has a long pedigree. Success. Okay, right. Okay, so uh, Ainley's the so that's Saturday at 3 p.m. at the JP Bowl. If people want to see uh, Ainley play Ernest Manning, I know there's a lot of other stuff uh, going on. I'm looking through here. Uh, AOB is playing. Uh, I don't know which ones you want to focus on because there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, are, are any of the old Lloyd Minster schools I used to cover still going at this time of year? Or have they all been eliminated? Uh, no, Holy Rosary is still going. Um, you know, fun fact, Lloyd Minster itself 
as a high school, took their act to Saskatchewan this year. They, uh, I guess, they were Lloyd Comp went to Saskatchewan. They went to Saskatchewan. Okay, just to give, just sorry to jump in, but when I was there from 2000 to 2007, Lloyd Comp was an excellent Tier Two school that had an ongoing rivalry with AOB. They seemed to play each other every year, and Holy Rosary played nine man football in Saskatchewan. Well, the, the tide turned. Right. Um, you know, a gentleman named Vince Oreo took over the uh, Holy Rosary program, brought it into Alberta. They played Tier 4 for uh, uh, their first go-round. They did win a Tier 4 championship back in the early 2000s. Um, and then um, they just became this dominant force. In fact, Holy Rosary has been to a North Final at either Tier 3 or Tier 4 for 13 straight years. And um, they've won the, 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 the Tier 3 Northern Final for... Um, the last eight years in a row. Well, not counting the COVID year, but, and they will be playing the Ardross and Bisons and full disclosure, that's where my son coaches and that's where I help out. So we are going to do our best, but I tell you, there isn't a team out there with more pedigree at the tier three level than Holy Rosary and watching them on film. It's pretty impressive. They're incredibly well coached. So that's going to be a, that, that game's in short park on, um, on, on Saturday as well. And you mentioned AOB, like everybody discounts AOB. Um, but I tell you, cause they always go into, provincials and their records like 500 or maybe a game above maybe a game below but that's because they chose they choose to play in edmonton division one they're the smallest school in there they take their lumps they play the ainleys of the world and they come out of there with a decent record and then they go into provincials and just go wild and you're right those those austin o'brien lloyd minster games uh, in years past were just absolute classics so it's a shame to see the barons kind of kind of take their ball and go home yeah and, and I, I i know vince i haven't seen him for a while obviously but yeah vince uh, was coaching while i was out in lloyd as well how does uh, how does six aside football work like, like i said i've seen the nine man how do they play six aside well, it's it's fast break football. It's uh, it's a much smaller field. If you look at a regular Canadian football field, they basically play between the numbers, and uh, fields should be ten yards shorter, but uh, in terms of length. But we don't do that. We're not digging up fields for that reason. But uh, you get six players on there. Pretty much everybody's eligible to go get a pass except for the center. So it's uh, it's crazy, and the scores get into the eighties and nineties, and oh. nobody seems to care. And it's just uh, it's 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 incredible. And and in you know, Edmonton has kind of the, the premier team out of Millwood's Christian. Um, we were doing the math the other day. I mean, the COVID break helped them, but they haven't lost a game in 1,470 days. Um, and they've won the last two, uh, two championships going away. Uh, and, and an interesting connection between them and Harry Ainley is there's a pair of twin brothers who live in Millwood's called Juven and Jacob St. Hilaire. One of them decided to go to Harry Ainley. The other one decided to go to um, to Millwood's Christian. Uh, so that's Juven at, at Millwood's Christian. I think it's Jaguar or Juven. But anyways, I, I'm pretty sure it's Juven. And he's the best player in Six Aside and has been for the last three seasons. And his brother Jacob just got the Halliburton Award at Harry Ainley this year. It's more or less the Heisman of uh, Edmonton High School football. So those are two kids that are going to be on everybody's radar this year, but they're playing in completely different divisions. Okay. Uh, all right. So t- just remind everybody, I-, I love talking to you, Tim. The- the- these are such great games to watch because sometimes I don't know what it's going to be like on Saturday, but the weather might be a factor. and These kids are playing their hearts out. What? Where can we go in Edmonton or surrounding communities? So there's ga- is there a doubleheader at the JP Bowl? 
Yeah, doubleheader at the JP Bowl and doubleheader at Emerald Hills in Sherwood Park. The ones at JP Bowl will have the uh, Millwoods Christian playing Hinton at the Six Aside Northern Final, and the uh, Harry Ainley Ernest Manning game, which is really something everybody might want to check out, um, will be at uh, three o'clock. We give them the extra half hour to warm up because those Six Aside games go forever. Um, and then in Sherwood Park, you've got uh, our Drossen and Holy Rosary at noon, and then at two thirty. We've got the Larry Wilson Tier 1 Northern Final between Salisbury and Paul Kane from St. Albert. And the winners of those games will go to Red Deer the following weekend for the Alberta Bowl. Okay, I was going to ask you, so all all the provincial finals are in Red Deer this year? Yeah, yeah. We've been uh, since 2008. We've, we've we've combined all the provincial finals into one spot, um, and it's you know it's kind of a cool experience. I mean, for me, it's you can sit there for a day and a half and get nothing but great football. Um, but uh, we've really noticed that a lot of fans from teams that be maybe in a tier two game will come and watch a game early and stay a game late because you just get a smorgasbord of great football over a weekend. All right. Well, Tim, thanks for the update. Uh, we'll have to talk or, or maybe get uh, a coach or a player on from one of the Edmonton area schools who advance, because I know several will. Thanks a lot for checking in. You bet. Thanks, Reed. That's Tim Anger from Football Alberta telling you about uh, all the uh, basically provincial semifinals or north and south finals coming up this weekend. Uh, so a couple of high school football games I covered in Lloydminster, I would still put amongst the greatest games I have ever seen in any sport, any level. All right, tomorrow, 5 o'clock face-off show, game at 6.30. Oilers home to the Tentacles. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.